This is the Sin Second Podcast. I am John Schofield. Joining me is Chris Rebello from the great class of 99. And we are going to be bringing you maybe bi-weekly. Uh, we hope to be weekly. A little update on what's going on at the Naval Academy Alumni Association and Foundation, what's happening on the yard. And we're still true to our roots. We'll still talk about sports. Um, on this particular episode, we are really happy to be joined by retired Admiral Mike Manazer to talk about life at Boeing and life as a leader, life as an author, uh, and most importantly, life as an alum. And we'll also be joined by Mike Lowe, class of 98. He is the director of alumni services here at the Alumni Association and Foundation. And he's going to tell you all of the cool stuff that we are doing to help grads in and out of uniform, uh, getting into career programs, and everything else we're doing to kind of flip the script on what alumni associations do. So without any further ado, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make this more of a smart list, uh vibe here, Chris Cervello, you know, a little more conversational. Um, Chris and I, as many of you know, are lifelong Orioles fans, and last night ended our Orioles season. Chris, why don't you uh, go ahead and summarize how we collectively feel about how that whole thing went down? I think the probably the closest uh, is for this audience. It's like losing the Army Navy game, um, but like it's like losing the Army Navy game after a hundred and sixty-two football, you know, uh, game season. So, yeah, I feel I, I feel this morning the exact way I felt in nineteen ninety-five after we lost to Army in Philadelphia. So that, that's the closest I can explain it to the audience. Yeah, my uh, my joie de vivre, so to speak, uh, is not really there um, as we tackle this. Um, you and I, uh, you know, a, a sign of bonds that we talk a lot about on this podcast. We we shared every single win with the text uh, back and forth, starting in late March and ending now, unfortunately. And um, you know what a what a terrible way to end the season, but. You know what? The team was special. It was fun watching them, and I have no doubt that they'll be back next year. You know what, Naval Academy? Let's flip the script on this, too. Stop sending mids to the Bowie Bay Sox game, and let's send them to O's games. You know, like, this is now a very good team. They are deserving, um, you know, of the mids' presence. Uh, let's talk about some cool stuff that just happened this past weekend. Uh, we had a homecoming event here at the Naval Academy Alumni Association and Foundation headquarters the Flugel Alumni Center, about 500 people here, face painters, balloons, beer, um, former dunce, former soups, really good way to, to welcome people to the Flugel Alumni Center. And for those of you following the Alumni Association and Foundation, we're going to be coming out here in the next week or so, you know, with some more information about stuff we're going to be doing in the building, open houses before football games, tours of the building, a lot of good stuff coming your way. So that should be Pretty awesome. Um, at the football game, we honored uh, distinguished graduates uh, Cecil Haney, Julius Caesar, Peg Klein, Ron Nickel. Good day for the distinguished graduates to be out there. We do that every year. A bunch of them from this past year uh, couldn't make it. Peg Klein could not make it the year before when she was actually inducted as a DGA. So it was nice to see her out there. We actually put her on WNAV radio to talk about her experiences as a graduate. Uh, cool alumni classes this weekend, uh, 73, 83, 93, and 18. Uh, 73 and 83 actually finished their trip to Annapolis with a cross-country bike ride. Um, that is a lot of older gentlemen in uncomfortably tight shorts, Chris Cervello. Uh, but it was great to have them here. Really cool. Class of 93 is here. You know, this will make you feel old. And for our friend uh, Jason Salata out there, um, you know, if he wants to feel old, our, uh, our good friend from water polo in 94, um, the class of 93 is actually at the midpoint demographically. There's many classes, uh, or as many grads ahead of them or older than they are, uh, still alive and kicking as there are below them. They are right at the midpoint. So 
that should make anyone who graduated in the mid nineties feel old. I know it does me. Um, and then we were particularly happy to welcome 2018 back. You know, this is right when the alumni association and foundation starts hearing from grads again, five years out, they've done a couple of pumps. They're, they're done PCSing at least for the minute, uh, probably settling into a shore tour. So to welcome the recent grads back was pretty uh, special. You know, we're, like I said, we're still kind of home to our roots here as a sports podcast. Uh, but, you know, as Chris and I were rooting for the Orioles, the football team did handle business out there. We did lose another quarterback to an injury, but Ty Lottatai was there to pick it up. Chris, I know that you uh, still produce the uh, Navy football podcast with Keenan and Eric Katani and Wags. What were your thoughts, um, you know, as they broke it down and, and as you watched the tape, you know, how excited should we be about this win? Well, I mean, I think it was a, a much needed win. I think the season would have been in the rearview mirror had uh, had we not won. Um, the injury to the quarterback is uh, is concerning, especially because the conversation the week before was, "Hey, maybe it's time to move on from Ty as a senior and start to get some younger blood in, in there, whether it's with the sophomore or the freshman." Um, and as you know from our Sing Second Sports days, I, I don't learn these guys' names until they become. Uh, starters so uh you know they will here on you know, here forward be re referred to as the sophomore and the freshman and until they make a start um well, but, we can uh, the details around here we know what we're doing that's right big picture um <laughs> but yeah i mean i you know ty lavata huge friend of the pod uh great young man gonna be a great naval officer um you, you know showed his resilience stepped in um, and, and it's a win, a win is a win is a win. And, you know, now we move forward with maybe a little bit of momentum. Um, I, I still think the game that we, you know, mid season that we have to win is air force. So we use that last week's game. We use uh, the, this week's game and then we get ready for, for air force. And, um, you know, a lot of questions at the quarterback position. Hopefully some of that'll be answered this week. Speaking of quarterbacks, I will do a little bit of a little plug for the Navy football podcast. We had the great opportunity to interview Roger Staubach. The team, the 63 team, um, is coming back for Air Force to witness um, Roger's number being put on the field. Um, so if you've been to Navy Marine Corps Stadium uh, recently, you know that Joe Bellino's number um, is, uh, you know, featured, uh, on the, the yard lines. Um, and so Rogers number 12 will also be put on the Navy Marine Corps Memorial field. It's pretty exciting. And, you know, Roger doesn't do a lot of these interviews. Um, you, you know, he's starting to slow down a little bit uh, as you would expect somebody in their, you know, seventies and eighties to, to do, but to hear his, recollection and then you know uh, we were joined by the captain of that team a uh, friend of the pod rear admiral tom lynch uh and just to be able to hear about their experiences uh, it's, it's great so i would encourage folks that if you haven't had a chance to listen to that um yes we talk about football but we also talk about experiences from the naval academy experiences being a grad and and an alumni and uh, it's definitely worth a listen yeah, it's absolutely great content, and and we know you know how special Roger has been, particularly that Cotton Bowl team, and and we'll be telling you in the uh, in next week's pod with a little bit more detail about what's going on during the Air Force weekend. It'll be a big weekend, uh, President Circle weekend, a lot of reunion classes coming back in again. Again, we're honoring that Cotton Bowl team, uh, so some cool events that'll be happening in and around the. Uh, in and around the building and in and around Annapolis for that. Um, at least you guys will be free of all the boat shows. It was power boat show this past weekend. So, you know, it was like a perfect storm of traffic as Chris remembers, you know, there was a, a Billy Joel concert at the Raven stadium, two Orioles home playoff games, power boat show, and then four reunion classes and people descending upon Annapolis. If, uh, if you don't live in Annapolis, it was a perfect storm of traffic and nightmare. Um, this weekend is sailboat show, so much more sophisticated, as Chris Cervello is, is wont to discuss the sophistication of your Mark I Mod Zero sailor. But uh, should be a good weekend uh, next weekend for President Circle and Air Force and this very special thing for Roger Staubach. Um, I'll tell you what wasn't special, if we can stay on sports a little bit, but Chris and I are always about the stars, um, you know, insert whatever bizarre rap lyric can cover that. 
the star series got off to a tough start. Uh, shout out to graduate Billy Hurley, a uh, friend of the pod. Again, we say that a lot. Uh, appreciate all you guys, but Billy Hurley came back into town this past weekend to watch men's golf, take on uh, army for the star. And unfortunately, after we jumped out to a four nil lead, pretty hard to, to give up. Uh, we ended up in a tie five and a half to five and a half with army and dropped that. Um, so really, really, Tough result there. Sprint football surprisingly lost 10-3. And then volleyball, um, it's just a bugaboo for that team. They end up you know, playing so well the rest of the way, but they always seem to have this tough match with Army. They dropped another one, uh, three sets to one. Uh, so tough one there. Hopefully we can turn those star frowns upside down. Chris Cervello, men's soccer goes up to Chester. Uh, this weekend to play Army, men's and women's cross country get Army, and then women's soccer hosts Army on the 14th. That's why we're going to be down in Charlotte. And as we close the pod, we'll talk about all the cool stuff that's happening in Charlotte. So lastly, before we go to break, uh, and Mike, welcome in one of those men's soccer alums, Mike Lowe. Um, I do have to do a shout out that the Naval Academy golf course, you know, you might get Paige Spiranak down at the... Uh, down in Palm Coast, Chris Cervello, but we had Jordan Spieth rolling around the Naval Academy golf course this past weekend. Uh, he was taking pictures with the teams, talking to the players. Special to have Jordan here repping his Under Armour roots. Maybe he got a round in. You know, if you had to predict it, Chris Cervello, what do you think he shot? Well, he probably shot two less than he needed to win whatever sort of match uh, he, he was in. So <laughs> if, the, if the Ryder Cup is uh, any indication... So uh, he, I hope he came after the Army match. I'm not sure that Jordan brought any good mojo from that terrible performance uh, in uh, San Simone uh, outside of Rome. But uh, no, all, all joking aside, that's great. I mean, and that course is so special. Everybody I talk to is excited to try to play if they haven't been there. I mean, they remember how fun it was to play when they were mid or when they came in to visit a mid. But uh, the idea that they could come back and see, I mean, you know, just all the work that was done and how spectacular it is. I mean, it really is, in my opinion, one of the top um, college golf courses, if not golf courses, um, certainly in the region, if not in the country right now. Yeah, it has matured really well and, and it's in perfect condition now. Uh, we had a little bit of rain last weekend and the course is just beautiful. So Enough about that. Let's go to break. Uh, here's a reminder as we go to break that our sponsor here on the Sing Second podcast is ProMD Health, Scott Melamed, friend of the pod. Uh, if you need you know, any kind of executive skincare or health need, ProMD Health is right down there in Annapolis. Uh, look up Scott and the good people there for everything that you need. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about some career services and other things we do to support alumni with Mike Lowe. Stick with us. This is Sing Second. All right, we are back. As promised, uh, we always like to talk to uh, friends here at the Alumni Association to further explain to everyone out there what we're doing um, and who we are. And you know what? I think if I had to put, you know, you know, a, a golf number, well, let's pick a low number that's important, you know, on uh, on stuff that we're doing here. I would say how we're evolving career services and support to our alumni. And who better to talk about that than class of '98 grad? Um, and the director of our alumni services, Mike Lowe. Mike, first of all, welcome to the pod. Um, you know, I know that you're a first-time caller, long-time listener, but uh, if you can, as you uh, introduce yourself to the pod listeners, a little bit about you know who you were as a mid, what you did after uh, you graduated, and how you ascended to where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, John. So, uh, obviously, soccer player at Navy. Um, you know. Played under Coach Myers, got to play with uh, Catfish for a couple of years, TJ Grady. Um, you know, went on to be a, an intelligence officer for 20 plus years. Um, spent a lot of time on with the ground units. Um, retired out of the U.S. Embassy in Ottawa. Worked in some independent school systems um, in the Northeast and then ran an educational nonprofit before coming here as the director of uh, alumni career services. And as John mentioned, you know, that's really morphing and maturing to uh, a full on alumni support services. You know, our goal was pretty simple. We want to support our alumni throughout their lifetime journey in a multitude of facets. So. 
Chris, I know that you had a chance to to meet Mike out in uh, out in San Diego during SAC, you know, and Mike will tell you that there's so much beyond SAC uh, that we're up to. But what were your takeaways? You know, I know that we're coming up on a pretty important anniversary for SAC. But, you know, Chris, from your perspective as a graduate, you know, how how game changing is this kind of delivery of services? You know, John, I, I think it's very important. Uh, and, you know, Mike, it was great to spend some time with you out in San Diego. And we've since had uh, other calls. Um, you know, as folks may know, um, I, I work for, for a PR company. And, you know, we were looking for ways that our company could maybe engage with alumni and provide some services to alumni. So Mike and I had an opportunity to talk about how, one, as a service provider, we could reach alumni. And then, two, as alumni with the business, how he at the Alumni Association could help me grow my business. And to me, you know, um, getting together and doing football games and, you know, uh, having nostalgia and visiting Annapolis, that's very important. And, and it's a great mission that alumni, that the Alumni Association uh, has. But to me, the real meat at where I am at almost 50 years old and, you know, 20 plus years out of school is what Mike provides. It's that service to help me as an alumni with a business um, grow my business, uh, really draw on the the network that the Naval Academy and the Naval Academy Alumni Association provides. And I mean, boy, Mike has hit the ground running. Um, and so I would say this, and I'm not just because not just because he's a a guest, but I mean, he really has brought a lot of passion and a lot of energy to an effort that I really had not heard of prior to Mike taking it. So uh, I, I think I would encourage everybody to look into this um, and to see what resources are available. Yeah, I appreciate that, Chris. You know, everyone knows that, you know, we we provide uh, the Service Academy Career Conference and we're coming up on our 30th year. Um, you know, when we go out in May in Chicago, that'll be our 30th year of the um, Service Academy Career Conference. But, you know, that's just one facet of our career program. We offer one-on-one -on -one counseling. We offer small business um, networking opportunities like Chris just mentioned. We're actually going to uh, host an entrepreneurship event here at the uh, Flugel Center. Um, coming up in July of 24, you know, there's a whole bunch of things that we want to do on the career program side to support all of our alumni, just not the Service Academy Career Conference. You know, another big area that we're diving into, and as we're hearing this from the from the older alumni, is you know, helping them with medical facilitation. How do they navigate the VA? How do they navigate VSOs? You know, who are those? Um, important point of contacts that they need to reach in order to get the services that they deserve, um, you know, as a, as a veteran. So, you know, those two big things right there are our priorities for the year. Um, and we're really going to look, look to get after it and really build a full support services network here. You know, I'm sure it's a HIPAA violation, but we're all about HIPAA violations at Sync Second. You know, but Chris and I, you know, are the benefactors of that, you know, and I, I went into this I'm a great example, I think. You know, when I decided to retire, I, I, I did it kind of quick. I, I realized that, you know, the, the, the cost of, of making 06 or waiting around to make 06 was not worth uh, what, what it was going to be for my family. And, and so, you know, Chris was there and Chris was my friend, was instrumental in, in me making this decision. But, you know, as I hightailed it out of there and, you know, rushed through TAP, there really wasn't anyone telling me, you know, you know, what I needed to do and how I could prepare myself. And it resulted in kind of a bad thing. And that, you know, I ended up inadvertently getting out of the Navy before I got my full post 9-11 GI Bill benefits. But one thing I fell into as well is, you know, getting your 100% disability from the VA based on, you know, service industries and, and degradations in your body. And, and I'm telling you, it's just an absolute life game changer. And I really wish that I had like the gouge back then to help me make sure that I got it because I ended up just inadvertently falling into it. John, your story is not, not unique, right? You know, there's so many people that, that follow that same footstep. And one of the biggest things that I hear when I talk to folks is, oh, I don't want to go through the process because I'm afraid that I'm going to be taking money from someone else. And the fact of the matter is the way that pot of money is created is that's just not not the case. That's not true, right? Like it's it's based on the need. And if people don't know what the need and, and if Congress and, and, you know, our legislators don't understand what the cost of service actually is, then there's no way they can budget for that for the future. So, you know, but your, your story is not, you're not unique. I hear that all the time. The other uh, point that I would make in addition to the VA benefits um, is really like figuring out what you want to do when you grow up, right? So, I mean, you mentioned SAC. 
Um, but there are lots of people that get out, they take a job either because they, you know, had a friend or they had a, a networking contact and then they realize that job may not be right for them or that they have other potential. Um, and, the you know, the career, the, the tailored career discussions that you guys provide to me is just fabulous. Whether you get out at the five-year mark, whether you get out at the, you know, 20-year mark or, or later, um, you know, having um, a conversation with folks that really helps you figure all that out is just it's huge. It's, it's what, to me, the Naval Academy Network and the Alumni Association uh, provides that maybe uh, other institutions fall short of. Yeah, you know, the, the, the top three things I always ask folks are, you know, where you want to live, you know, what industries you want to be involved in, and what sort of balance and quality of life do you want, right? Like, if, if you identify and spend time talking to your family about those three things, then we can go through all the resources and figure out and get you connected with alumni in that industry of choice, hopefully in that geography uh, location of choice. So, Mike, we always like to bring it back to roots here. And, and I know that you found your roots at the Naval Academy, you know, as, a, as an academic. You know, I think you graduated in the top 10 uh, of the entire class of 98. You know, I think you were a triple major, if, if I remember correctly. But, uh, but all, all joking aside, you know, the, the origination of this pod talks about the lessons uh, that you learn on the fields of friendly strife and how you apply them to your success in the fleet and beyond. And here we are espousing the virtues of our mission statement to, you know, help enhance the bonds of our alumni, making them successful in and out of uniform. Um, you know, for you, you know, how do you keep relying back on your experience as, as being a varsity athlete, which not every person, you know, can claim, um, and, and how those lessons continue to make you want to give back to your alma mater? Yeah, to, to me, it's pretty easy, you know, John. You know, I, I was recruited to wrestle at Navy, went to NAPS. Um, you know, things just sort of changed up in naps and really came down to me cutting weight. So I walked on the soccer team my freshman year, didn't play at all, didn't even dress at all, and then ended up starting every single game my sophomore year through senior year. So to me, it's just about perseverance. You know, it's it's those bonds and understanding what drives you, what motivates you, that intrinsic desire. And then really the support of my teammates, right? Like, you know, it all comes back to you know, what you're willing to do for, for those guys on the field for you, that, that desire, um, you know, you, you put on a Navy uniform, regardless of the sport, the history um, on the people that wore it before you and your desire to leave that uniform better than uh, when you put it on, I think is instrumental. And I think, you know, that transcends to what you're trying to, what we're trying to do now here at the Alumni Association, right? We want to leave it better than how we found it. We want to make sure our alumni have the best support possible. And we want to make sure that their families are taken care of for years to come. It's, it's, you know, we're just, we want to define that legacy and continue moving it forward. I'll give Chris the, uh, the last question here, but you know, for me, you know, one of the special things about coming back here, and I've never felt that way about Villanova University per se, you know, I like going back when I can go back, but reunion weekends have never been a thing for me. And I know that the Naval Academy, you know, makes that more of a thing than, than other institutions do. And I think that's a feather in the cap of this place. You know, about three weeks ago, you were able to have your class of 98 reunion uh, you had a very special ceremony here, you know, honoring the fallen of the class of 98 and the new Flugel Alumni Center. You know, if you had the ear of people considering coming back for their reunions, you know, how is it different now? You know, because I, I like to say that at the Alumni Association now we're getting beyond shipmate and beyond the tailgate, um, you know, and we're, we're really engaging in a new and different way. What would you recommend about coming back for the special occasion, which is your reunion? Uh, you know, first I would recommend stopping by the, the, the new center, checking out the space. You know, it's, it's the alumni's home. They need to come by and take a look. And I think it's a, a great representation of where the alumni association and foundation want to go, right? Like, um, we, we understand that we weren't necessarily great in a lot of ways in, in previous attempts to do some things, including alumni support services being one of them. But, you know, our promise is that we're going to strive to get better every day when we want to support our alumni um, in a multitude of ways. And we're here to do that. And, you know, I would love for people to stop by, check it out, um, reconnect with friends, classmates. And, uh, you know, just we're here to help them. At the end of the day, that's why we exist. Chris, go ahead and take us out. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think, Mike, just the last thing I would ask, and I'll, I'll ask Admiral Manazar the, the same thing. John sort of alluded to it when he talked about the different classes that come in. But I mean, as a, we're well familiar with, you know, the growth that occurs from, you know, as a plebe, as a youngster, as a second class, as a firsty. But I mean, there really is a similar continuum that occurs as a graduate, right? I mean, you sort of do those first five to 10 years as a grad. Maybe you start to reconnect with your institution. But for me, it was really at that 20-year reunion and, and, and on. And, and so, um, you, you know, I, I just would ask, like, your thoughts on that continuum as you just celebrated your 25th. And now as you see graduates of all different ages, um, you, you know, sort of the, the plebe graduates to the, you know, I guess we could call Admiral Manazar like a firsty graduate is, you know, where he is in his, uh, <laughs> you know, in his continuum. But, um, you, you know, your, your thoughts on that continuum and the, the affection and nostalgia that people feel for the institution. Yeah, I think you hit it on the head, Chris, right? Like, you know, when people came back for our 25 reunion, you know, there's so many, I heard so many folks say, like, I really didn't have a, a firm understanding or grasp of what the Naval Academy has done for me until the last few years. And, and to me, it's just about life perspective, right? Like, you know, when you're a young adult and you're at the Academy, you, you don't understand sort of your place or very few people understand your place and what that institution is doing for you, you know, and then you start into your military career. You're so focused on learning your trade and, you know, your next duty assignment, starting a family, starting a career. Um, that sort of that reflection isn't there about what the Naval Academy means to you, but as you mature in age and you have different life, life events, um, you gain that perspective of how important the Naval Academy is to you, who you are as a person and who you want to be going forward. So, yeah. And I think those reunion classes, when you come back and see your classmates and all they're doing just emphasizes that perspective and, you know, how much the Academy means to everybody. So well said, Mike, and we appreciate you coming on this thing, second pod, uh, talking about these incredible services that we're about to deliver um, you know, to graduates, you know, recent and, and far departed, uh, we are, we are making sure we're going out there and, and meeting the audience where they are and delivering these important services on behalf of the Alumni Association and Foundation. So thank you for that. We're going to head to break. Ladies and gentlemen, when we come back, we'll be joined by retired Admiral Mike Manazer. Uh, we'll talk to him about Boeing, his book, and, and a little bit more about, you know, his special memories as a graduate. So stick with us. This is Sing Second. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Um, I mentioned um, in the last segment about you know, the North Texas win, um, and I think it's just science to say that the reason we beat North Texas was not just Ty Lavatai coming off of the bench. It's because one of the game sponsors uh, was Boeing. Uh, Boeing has a long history of supporting the Academy by helping fund the Department of Weapons, Robotics, and Control Engineering, uh, one of Chris Cervello's favorite subjects at the Naval Academy and the Vice Admiral James B. Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership, the Office of Admissions, and the Naval Academy STEM Center. Uh, Admiral Manazar and his wife Kelly uh, were able to join the superintendent and the Alumni Association and Foundation this past weekend, and he is always a fixture at football games and beyond. But beyond that, strategic partnerships like Boeing um, help us advance our scholarly mission and enhance the learning experience for the Brigade of Midshipmen, the faculty, and for the Alumni Association. Woo, sir, have you received a better introduction than that in your recent past? <laughs> Never. It's awesome. Great job, John. When I go and run for some kind of office, I'll make sure that you're the one introducing me or at least making the profile work. Oh, <laughs> uh, sir. Well, um, you know, all of the platitudes aside, you know, you, you're, a, you're a return visitor to the podcast. And the last time we talked to you, it was much more sports related, although it was in and around the release of your book which I'd like to get your perspective on how it's doing and if you can direct listeners to how they can get it and what it's about. But, you know, it, from your perspective now, representing a company like Boeing and talking about those strategic partnerships, talk to me about the duality of being able to give back as a loyal alumnus and be a part of strategic partnerships that advance the health of the school. Boy, there's so much to unpack here, John, and it's great to be on with you and Chris again. Um, listening to Mike's answers uh, just a minute ago, I I'm in exactly the same place as him. Um, you know, I, 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 I'll just throw a stream of consciousness out to, to you guys and your listeners. Um, I figured out, now I went to the Naval Academy to fly. That's what I wanted to do. That's the first part in my book. 
It describes that journey it's going through there. But I went to Naval Academy to fly. And it wasn't until much, much, much later did I recognize that the person, gentleman, uh, maybe not an officer, definitely, uh, but person that I became w- was because of the anchor, you know, that I learned for those four years. And um, I learned to follow at the Naval Academy. And when I was talking, you know, writing, writing the book about, you know, leadership and stuff like that, you know, being able to discuss how, you know, what my journey was. I was thinking lead, you know, I was thinking like skipper of a squadron and beyond, right? And, and I was a skipper of a squadron about the 18-year point. Well, what the hell did you do like all the way up until then? You know, you get, you get leadership uh, abilities before that. But, you know, when I was actually responsible for leading people, and, you know, I started thinking about that. But then I realized, well, wait a minute, where, where did I? So that, that book, The 33 Stories, is my journey kind of learning. And so uh, learning how to lead, which is why the, 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 the book's a little clunky, Learn How to Lead to Win, which can be found on Amazon. And it's 33 stories. They're great stories. And then I, I remembered what I learned from a leadership perspective and I put, put in each chapter, right? So, but the, the Naval Academy was interesting, um, you know, to come back. My first reunion was a 10-year reunion. And, and, and when I left the Academy, the Academy was a means to an end. I was going to flight school. I got through the academy, I learned how to be a naval officer, and I went to flight school, and I learned how to fly, and now I was flying. And my my uh, my persona was fighter pilot at Miramar flying Tomcats. I learned how to, how to be that person fundamentally at the Naval Academy, but it wasn't until much, much later that I started to think about, you know, USNA as an institution in and of itself and what I could give back to that institution or, or help the institution gain. And so what was interesting to me is each, each of the reunions, you know, go to 10 year and some people who were the SWOs and everybody, they kind of gotten out and people that had, you know, been at their very first time that could get out from aviation. They got, so there's a bunch of people that got out. In fact, I was making a joke. I think it was a 10 year reunion or a 15 year reunion. You know, they had these porta potties and the lines for the porta potty were, were really, really long. And I said, Hey, why don't we have a porta potty for just active duty? Because it's a shorter line. <laughs> and most of the class, you know, they had kind of gotten out. But but I found that when the graduates in my class got out and were away from the military, their connection with USNA became stronger. And it's like they came back to get that camaraderie that I was still experiencing on the flight line and in the ready room. And it sort of dawned on me, it was very interesting. And I kept reflecting back on my, my mental connection with the academy isn't as strong as some of these guys. And, and they're not in the Navy anymore uh, or, or in the Marine Corps anymore. And so it was, it was interesting. And, and now as I've getting, gotten along after, you know, we've, we're past 40 years and, uh, you know, now looking back on it, you know, one of my, one of my mentors calls it misty-eyed alumni, you know, as we think about, you know, where we, where we started. And then, and then the, the last point I'll make, and I just keep running on at the mouth for your pod, is, uh, is working at Boeing gives me the ability to stay connected to the academy because I manage the relationship between Boeing and the academy, both on the athletic side, as you saw last weekend, which was a phenomenal honor to be out on the field for a Navy win. And then, and then also on, the, on the, the foundation side, like you mentioned, so STEM we, we fund a lot of the, the uh, uh, robotics systems in, uh, in Hopper Hall, um, and that is actually synergistic with what we're doing for business as we look towards autonomy in all domains. Um, our, our investment in uh, the robotics uh, uh, department is, is we know that's going to come back and reverberate into, into Boeing and other companies in the, you know, in the American defense industrial base. And so the ability to you know, go back to the academy and represent Boeing as well as represent myself as an alum, you know, it gives me that extra sense of connection uh, with school. It's probably strongest now at this point in my life than it was before. Chris? Well, Admiral, it's, uh, it's great to talk to you. Um, I, I really enjoyed, uh, enjoyed the book uh, and have enjoyed um, hearing you talk about some of the lessons uh, that you share in the book. Um, if folks don't uh, follow Admiral Manazar on LinkedIn, I would encourage you to uh, check him out because there are almost daily, um, uh, you know, tidbits, uh, nice, uh, nice thoughts that the Admiral shares either 
what's going on in his day or some things that, you know, over the, over the days and weeks since he made his last post. And uh, it, it's a nice uh, resource for uh, younger leaders. So Admiral, thank you for that. Um, I, I will, I will share just a, a memory and then ask you yours. You, you kind of talked about later in your career. I, I remember being on the, um, being on the Harry S. Truman, maybe at the four year mark, and looking around, our, our CEO was uh, Groot Groothausen, the admiral at the time was um, uh, Boomer Stufflebeam. I remember looking at, you know, lieutenants and lieutenant commanders that were grads and like, I, I got it at, at that moment, right? I mean, I, I was like, wow, I, I, this is a special group of, uh, of, of guys and gals that had, had graduated from the Naval Academy. W when did you sort of have your moment? I mean, I mean, you, you mentioned, I mean, you know, it's almost uh, selfish when you're at the Academy because you're focused on your own growth, leading, following what you want to do. But when did you sort of kind of look around and realize, you know, how special that um, fraternity was um, by, by looking at all the good work that maybe your, your shipmates were doing? Yeah, I'm going to, Chris, thanks. Uh, I'm going to give you an, I will call it an interesting answer. Um, I never wanted to be labeled as as something in a in a negative sense, uh, like uh, uh, "Oh, you're an admiral, aren't you? Oh, you're a you're a fighter pilot." Of course, you don't have to ask me if I'm a fighter pilot. Within five minutes, I'm going to tell you. But you know this thing, like like a label, and and what I got this impression. I don't remember where I got it from that that naval academy graduates were were viewed could be viewed negatively and and whether there was a little bit of an envy or a or a, an experience with somebody who came out and goes well i'm an academy graduate you know the, the, the ring knocker thing you know bang 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 uh and so what i what i i always noted who the grads were and it struck me how good they were i mean they just kind of got it. And, but I wanted to make sure that I was viewed as a good naval officer, a good person, a good pilot, um, and all of the positives. And then, and then also what my alma mater was. And so I never felt that it was special to be from there. I did note the quality of the graduates always seemed to me in, in the view to be a cut above. But I didn't want to come in there and go, well, you know, of course, I'm class of 81, so I know what, you know, needs to be done here. I just, I just wanted to, to be able to, to uh, succeed on my own merits and then have somebody go, oh, academy guy, yeah, oh, wow, okay, hey, good dude, you know, and from any perspective. Whether you're a you know a ninety day wonder down at OCS, and I used to tease my roommate Jack Marshall was a senior LSO with me on uh, Enterprise and uh, and um, and Abraham Lincoln, and he did the he did the AOCS route where two summers in a row they went down to Pensacola for you know for ninety days and and made them into a naval officer, and the rest of the time he didn't even he didn't even do uh, you know anything to do with the military in college, and so he ends up the same place as me. So I used to tease him a lot. You're a freaking ninety day wonder. Um, so, so I mean, that's that. I guess it's a double edged answer to your your point. Um, I noticed about that time once I got out of flight school and and was in the squadron, um, I could see around the air wing and the you know the the admirals and the you know the senior leaders who who was um, who was who was really really good and note how many of them were alums. But I also never wanted to be labeled or something to go, Oh, you're an Academy guy, aren't you like that? So, so I, I, I want to give that perspective to you that, oh. um, that I didn't, I didn't hide it. And I was very proud of the fact that I'm a class 81 guy, but I never wanted to be a negative thing. If that makes sense. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I would say I, I kind of, I kind of hit it. I mean, I, I had the opposite. I mean, and that's where that epiphany for me was like, wow, maybe, maybe I, it's not that I would want, because I, I agree with you. I mean, it didn't really matter. Everybody was on your team. But I mean, 
you know, having that moment where you look around and I, I remember, you know, I, I trained under a classmate to be an officer of the deck, Natasha Gorski, who's a member of my class. And I just was so impressed that here's somebody of my same rank and same age. And she's teaching me to do her, her job at the same time that the captain is doing his and others. And it's just, I, I remember thinking to myself like, wow, wow. I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't feel bad about this, right? I shouldn't hide this. I, I'm not sure I wanted to celebrate it, but, uh, you know, it, it was that moment. So I appreciate you sharing your, uh, your observations. Uh, you, you know, we, we have a younger demographic and I, I'm sure some of them are, are, are feeling the same thing right, right now. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I love, I love the idea that you're, you're exactly right. You know, you learn from people and you look at them and, and you look at their total ability and you don't judge them on where they're from or, or some other aspect of it, except for their professional capabilities. And, and, um, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. And like I said, every time you run into somebody, like, man, that's a, wow. And then go, oh, you know, class of 79 or 78 or 77 or something like that from, from my perspective, you know, my, my lineage. Well, oh, wow. Okay. That makes sense. Um, there was this sort of panache, uh, most of the ones that I respected, you know, a little bit of grace and, um, and, sort of a less safe fair, you know, because of what we go through for four years that is like, what, what you call this a storm? Come on. It's not, nah, this is easy. This is what we're going to do. You know? So I was, I, I see that a lot. Before I let you go, Admiral, I, you know, one thing that, that I continue to see here at the alumni association and foundation is that those bonds now, um, you know, really, travel a, a, a road to incredible philanthropy um, that that the philanthropic nature of these classes and these graduates is incredible you know as we as we sit in you know the Flugel Alumni Center which was originally targeted as a 36 million dollar project you know we were worried that we'd have to get loans out in order to pay for it um, and all of a sudden the alums came through and raised more than 36 million I think they settled on a number more like 54 million and and i continue to see it every day that there is just this overall feeling of giving back you know for, from your perspective as you look around the yard the the athletic and scholarship programs you know in the process of putting up a new lacrosse center you know revamping weight rooms um you know providing the funding for nutrition centers around the yard in our athletic facilities all under the great leadership of admiral moran uh, another 81 grad, if I may give you uh, your own plug, but you know what, for, brother. as, as you've aged to, to where you are today, you know, as a retired Naval officer, as a leader at Boeing, you know, how important, you know, is, is the idea of philanthropy and giving back in your words? Oh, it's huge. Uh, you know, uh, it has continued to be more and more important in my life. So I'm proud to say that I personally work with, uh, um, with, with John McConey to, you know, parlay some of my, my stuff back at the Academy. And then I get to manage the Boeing philanthropy. I also learned this weekend and running around with, with, uh, John Sterrett that, that the sports program is a 501c3. It's a nonprofit. And that the only sport that is federally or government paid is sailing because it's a requirement for the curriculum. Everything else is philanthropy. And it's amazing because of what we do. So ANSP and then, and then all the donations that occur for the, the sports. And then of course we talked about the, the Boeing stewardship of what we do. And I know for a fact that, that a lot of my brothers and sisters out here in North Grumman and Lockheed and, and of course USAA and, and all those companies, I mean, they, they're huge give, givers to, uh, to USNA. And I think a lot of those voices um, when I look around, just about every one of those reps from those companies, they're, they're academy graduates. And so inside of Boeing, I'm a pretty big voice into Boeing about wh why that's important, you know, and pointing over my shoulder because Annapolis is about, you know, 33 miles that way from my office here in Boeing. And so, I mean, we, we carry that message, uh, you know, with, with, with people that are in the other, the other places. USA is huge with John Bird, right? So John is able to translate sort of why it's important. And I think in, in our, uh, you know, in our country, I think we had to ring that bell sometimes, you know, that, that these institutions are vitally important because less than 1% of our, of our total population is even in the military and a fraction of a, of point, a tenth of a percent, you know, would be, would be part of the Naval Academy and the value of the people. If you did any kind of statistic about where graduates go, whether it's in space or it's in business or it's in, you know, uh, humanities here in, in the world, we make a difference. 
And I think as I've gotten older and more capable of, of applying philanthropy and managing philanthropy and thinking about how to, how to help the institution make a difference, it, it's, it's more important and a bigger percentage of my life now because up until this time, I'm trying to, you know, make our own way in the family, right? And so a lot of us, you know, we grad, well, everybody graduates, we figure out our way in life, we stay in the military or not, we get out, we do things. And, and not until kind of later on are you able to start to turn your mind to, hey, let's, uh, you know, let's think about how I take some of my, my, my resources and, and help the institution do what they do. Well, sir, on behalf of the Alumni Association and Foundation, we thank you for what you do, um, both personally and uh, representing Boeing, a great, great corporate partner uh, with the Alumni Association and Foundation and supporter of the mission of the Naval Academy. Uh, Admiral, we can't wait to have you back on the pod. You know, it warms my heart every time I drive in Gate 8 and I see I see those names, Manazar and Carter on the F-14. Uh, but, yeah, in, until the next football game, we wish you the best. It's always better to be... 33 miles closer than where you are right now, because I know that means you're less than a mile from the Pentagon. You got to get, you got to get away from that place. Yeah, that's right. Big sucking sound. And I think I've worked out with Dina at the midshipman store. I think I'm signing books from 0800 to 1200 on, on the 18th of November, right before the ECU game. I think that's coming to fruition. So maybe people can stop by and say hi. Oh, and uh, when that gets firmed up, we'll put it out on our channels. Uh, Admiral Manazer, thank you again for what you do for being a graduate, and we can't wait to have you back. We'll see you later. Thanks. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that was retired Admiral Nasty Manazer for uh, representing Boeing and the great class of 81. We're going to go to break. When we come back, Chris and I will take this out. This is the Sing Second Podcast. All right, we are back. Uh, Chris and I are going to take this baby home. Uh, great interviews with Mike Lowe and Nasty Manazer, uh, representing two very unique perspectives um, on how the Alumni Association and Foundation continues to try to get out there, uh, make themselves relevant, and the importance of philanthropy in supporting the great things happening at the Naval Academy. And we'll continue to bring you updates of what's going on on the yard and here at the Alumni Association as we go forward. Uh, before we go out, you know, Chris, I know that one of the most important days in your year, other than uh, Columbus Day, which holds a very, very special place in your heart, is Founders Day. Uh, yesterday, October 10th, as we record this, was Founders Day uh, for your great alma mater. Um, it always happens right here at the same week as the Navy birthday happening on the 13th. Uh, with a cake cutting, you know, featuring whoever the oldest naval officer is. I assume that'll be acting Superintendent Fred Kacher, uh and our youngest midshipman cutting the cake for Navy birthday. Chris, I know that you have to have a special Navy birthday memory out there. Wow, um, th this is a week of a <laughs> lot, lot of cake. Uh, I remember as a as a mid uh, celebrating Founders Day, and then a couple days. Uh, later celebrating uh, the, the Navy's birthday. So yeah, great events. Uh, it's funny, you mentioned earlier a uh, friend of the pod, uh, Jason Salata, uh, also a business partner. He and I were at dinner last night and we hoisted a beverage and uh, clanged glasses uh, to commemorate Founders Day. I think, what, what are we, uh, 178 years old? Is that is that right, John? Yeah, that, that, that uh, math works out well. I reminded the staff here at the Alumni Association and Foundation yesterday that... Uh, Villanova University was actually founded three years before that in 1842. I know we're not the number one public school in U.S. News and World Report, um, you know, but you know, Sam Paparo and I have the watch in case you know, in case you're wondering what that warm feeling is that that blows over you at night. I, I feel better knowing that you know that's that's quite a uh, list of alumni, uh, and I'm, I'm sure that Admiral Paparo feels very good to be you know in your uh, in your alumni company. But, but yeah, it's a good, it's a fun week for uh, for alums, and we'll celebrate the birthday. And you know, just to get serious for one second, I mean, you you don't need to look much further than the headlines in the newspaper or the you know the stories on uh, on TV to understand the importance of the Navy and the Naval Academy, not only to our own individual lives. I mean, we kind of talk about you know we talk about resources and we talk about lessons. I mean, that's kind of the the self in the ship shipmate self part, but we are playing an important role around the world. And it's good at times like Founders Day and at the birthday to, to remember that. So uh, 
it's a it's a good week and you know certainly pray for all of our alums and all of our shipmates that have the watch uh, in the east mediterranean and around the world yeah it really well said is we're about to deploy ike from uh, norfolk and and gerald r ford um you know steaming at best speed there now um, I'm about to go from here to, to help Admiral Natter record a, a video in support of the building uh, here in the Alumni Association. And the main thrust of his points is the importance of what division officers provide uh, based on the foundational experience they get at the Naval Academy, how they go out there and make a difference in the fleet and Marine forces. Uh, and you're seeing that on display right now, whether it'll be a NEO or an HADR um, or something more kinetic, which you certainly don't hope for. Uh, going out there in the fleet, Naval Academy graduates are, again, to borrow from Ted Carter, uh, they are people of character and consequence and lending uh, the appropriate amount of service uh, that we need right now. Uh, we, as we go out, are always of service to you, the alumni. If you're in Charlotte, uh, find us for this awesome Charlotte chapter tailgate going on down, in, uh, down outside of the stadium in Charlotte for the game. It starts at 2 p.m. on Saturday. T.J. Grady will be down there. Lori Coogan, our director of parents programs, will be down there, uh, you know, getting with the parents clubs of Charlotte. But we're expecting like 400, 500 people uh, for us to get on the road and hopefully get a big road win against Charlotte, a team that's given some other big teams a little bit of a run this year, including the Maryland Terrapins. So please find us down there. And then next week, we hope to bring you a really good podcast. We have Class of 73 Illuminati Phil Hoffman. Uh, you might recognize him as just an eccentric older man with gray hair taking photos on the sidelines. But he is a graduate, and he just celebrated his 50th reunion. Uh, we can't wait to bring him in to talk about his experiences um, you know, as a photographer and as an alum. And we have a couple of other great interviews, too, leading up to the Air Force weekend, again, that's October 21st. Swing by the Flugel Center. We'll be putting out more word on that. So for Chris Cervello, I am John Schofield. This has been the Sing Second Podcast. Thank you to our sponsors, fans, and followers. And thank you to you, the alums of the Naval Academy. We will see you next week. We are out. <laughs>